Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on areas such as marketing, sales, innovation, or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players. Where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entries or knowing how to navigate the uncertainty of disruptive developments, mind feeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I'm also working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation, and marketing. And we will be talking in the future much more about the important trends that are affecting the way we manage our companies in the demand to being sustainable, more environmentally and socially friendly, and becoming more empathic leaders. So let's get started on today's topic. This may sound a little far-fetched for you. Diversity helps scale marketing effectiveness. Our society has changed due to migration and cultural mergers. People have adopted different kinds of food, habits, interests. This leads to buyers being open to a variety of different kinds of products. Hence, your marketing narrative needs to speak to a diverse part of society. Just look at how Uncle Ben's had to rebrand the product. Many of us were not really aware how offensive their product labeling was. Our situation awareness was truly lacking until we were educated about the discrimination that is still happening in the American society, even by such subtle elements of marketing. When you look at a product without its product packaging and marketing content, you will realize that all parts of society will most likely be using it or might even be willing to buy it. If we are able to be more socially sensitive, we can redesign our marketing to be appealing to a wider audience wider audience that is willing to buy the product, maybe even at a higher price. So we are actually, by being, let's say, rather insulting in our marketing, we are limiting our market reach. Of course, you might think, well, well this is why how we can go and get uh, noticed in the market. Yes, some people will notice that. But quite a lot of potential buyers will think, that is really horrible, disgusting, and they will not buy a product. <laughs> and you are actually limiting your amount of sales. 
just by simply thinking you are being very clever. Unfortunately, you are not being very smart. So how about thinking, how can you really have a product that is much more compliant with what society really wants? And I don't mean over-exaggerating what the society or certain parts of society are demanding from us, because there are groups that are demanding stuff that is totally over the hedge, totally exaggerated. And if we would put the same kind of rules and expectations and so on onto them, as they put onto us or demand from us, they would be, of course, complaining. Nevertheless, it has to be more socially sensitive because when you look even at ESG, which is now a hot topic and it's really going to push, and there are plenty of people out there who are just simply ignoring it. They don't understand it. And the people are going and saying, hey, this is all about surveillance and they want to know what we're buying and the blah, blah, blah. That is silly. That is really silly because that's not what ESG actually is about. It's about being more sustainable in how we produce products, how we sell products, how we transport and deliver products, and as well how we consume products. So as a simple example, if, for instance, you are consuming... Um, let's say gas and oil, because your heating doesn't work with anything else, then you're being very environmentally unfriendly. So your heating at home or in your office is actually quite a pain. And when we look at the current global situation, crisis and so on, we realize we've made ourselves quite dependent on certain parties. Not very nice, but... That's how it is. And these parties can be everywhere in the world. It doesn't matter if it's all about oil or gas. There's so many other things. Um, all these uh, special earths or, or rare earths and so on. There are many multiple examples. And when you look at the marketing thing or marketing activities, whether we are internal or external marketing people, or even if we're just a business owner and trying to do marketing for ourselves, we have to think, how can I actually be more environmentally friendly, more sustainable, more socially friendly? And it doesn't mean about putting a smile on. That's not going to be making you ESG compliant. Maybe at least it's less intimidating, but it doesn't automatically mean you're doing the right way. <laughs> so. Let's think of it. Do you really simply want to continue to ignore the changes in society? Well, ESG eventually will be driving you out of business because you, if you don't adapt, you're going to lead your business directly into the next ditch. It's not going to happen today, not tomorrow, but it's a slow process. And that's the, the nasty thing about it because you don't really notice that it's happening. You'll only notice it when it's too late and you can't get out of it. You are in the ditch. <laughs> then that's it. You practically then have to stop your business, reinvent the business and completely change. And unfortunately, the thing about that is the most difficult thing is your clients will have gone by then. Instead, how could we do it smarter? We could do marketing that is addressed to a diversity. And diversity means 
everything, whether it's gender, color, uh, sexual orientation, political orientation, many, many, many other areas. Humans are so diverse that it's just astonishing. And we, in most cases, just don't even know how much diversity there exists until we actually see it or experience it. Now, diversity and marketing. Think about that. Think about your own business, your product, or what you are currently trying to promote for a client. It doesn't matter. Just think about it. How could I be more diverse in my marketing? Um, of course, you could put a picture of people from all different skin colors or all different things, and you have to you know, kind of have these different color, multicolor flags and, and so on. Of course, you can do that, but you can't do it everywhere. It just doesn't fit. Like, let's say you're trying to market cat food. You can't go and say, okay, I'll put a black cat, a gray cat, a cat that looks like a tiger, a white cat. Okay, that's diversity. Yes, there's diversity as well, even in the, in the world of cats. True. But the cats are not actually buying your product. That's the key thing. It's the owners of the cat that are buying it. They are the ones who you have to address. But necessarily just taking people into, in front of the camera of different societies and thinking, okay, now I've done it. I've made my marketing diverse. That's not quite it. Eh, it's not that easy. And I know putting it all in a podcast episode is sometimes little difficult because of course you'd have to see something you'd have to watch you might need a paper and a pencil and that's what i would say you should do now take a blank sheet of paper take a pencil or a pen or whatever of any color you've got and draw a circle in the middle of your paper of course big enough that you can write the name or the product whatever or service you're trying to promote now, think of it. You have to think usually about benefits, the features, the different markets, and so on and so on. Now, let's think diversity. Who are my clients? You might, of course, say, well, I've got small, I have maybe a freelancer as a client, I have maybe a small business owner, medium sized company a big corporate, a global corporate, maybe having government, military, NGOs. So all diverse kinds of businesses. But the thing is, a business or an authority doesn't comprise of business or authority. It comprises of humans. Those are the heads in these organizations that are consuming your marketing narrative and thinking, should we hire them? Should we buy the products? That's the key thing. Should we? Is it safe? Can I feel comfortable doing business with them? Now, that's the thing. It's being comfortable, not seeing you as a threat, but seeing you as one of theirs. Hmm. Not quite easy. So you've 
You've written down all the different kind of business exists. Now write down all the different kind of people who exist in those organizations. And I don't mean by I'm not by by um, positions. Of course, you could write on a second branch um, because we're doing like a mind map now. You can do a second branch where you've got the different positions: CEO, CTO, procurement agent, and so on and so on. But we have to have a branch for the diversity of the people inside. People of all different ages, all different backgrounds, people with good and negative experiences. That's the key thing. If you're pitching a high-ticket product, you might be pitching it to a group of people. The CEO is listening, but he is waiting for a signal from this or that person in his board who think, it's a good idea, let's buy it. And waiting for the person who says, this could kick back on us. It could explode. It could break. It could create negative impact on our ESG rating or on our risk rating, our health and uh, work safety, insurance policies, and so on and so on. So all these bunch of people have as well diverse backgrounds. Whether they're married or they're not married, they have kids. Whatever race they are, sexuality, political orientation, and so on, and so on. They are impacting your chance of closing the deal. And it doesn't matter if they are buying your product online or whether they are sitting at the board, listening to your PowerPoint presentation and thinking, shall we put into this $5,000? $20,000. Maybe they're making a decision about giving you a marketing contract about $150,000. Maybe you're trying to sell your business product, your business software. They're thinking, shall we buy this new HR software? Mm, I don't know, $60,000. And then we have another $20,000 just for training. Ooh, quite a lot of money, but will it do what we want? Hmm. If you've answered all these little things, it's, it's easy. But the thing is, if you totally miss out on sustainability, on social and environmental issues today, the competitor who is coming before you or after you to pitch, he will touch on those things. And they think, oh, he's compliant. He's helping us to be compliant, ESG compliant. Oh, that's less pain. Oh, the others haven't even mentioned. They don't even have a clue about this stuff. Oh, at last, we've got somebody who obviously knows what he's doing. Boom. That guy gets the deal. It's not you. Because you haven't addressed it. And the bigger the organization, the more ESG is going to be a deal winner or deal breaker. So think about that. Try to consider. Of course, ESG isn't automatically at this point of time relevant to every kind of business. The bigger the business, the more ESG impact will be on your product, your services, your pitching, all these things. But the thing is, you don't have to buzz it all the time. ESG, ESG. No, you put it subtly at certain points of your presentation and show it. And they say, hmm, okay, so environmentally friendly, 
socially, less energy or less pollution, more efficient, socially adapt or other kind of issues are less popping up. Ah, and our governance as well, much easier. Very good. That's what we want. That's what's happening in the main brain of the buyer. Think of it. They want less pain. They want to have things solved. And they won't have the risk exposure that maybe somebody else will be doing by providing a product or service that is not ESG compliant. So that's the thing. There's so much opportunity for you guys out there or girls. It doesn't matter how you're doing your business, whether you are supplying products, whether you're doing marketing, you're a marketing agency, whether you are simply an SAP consultant. It doesn't matter. There's so much opportunity there. Just check out first which are the buttons that are relevant for your buyer and tap on them softly and stronger. And eventually the buyer will press on all of them for you and say, I buy. Where do I sign? That's what we want. So diversity shows you there's much more opportunity to actually get buyers who usually wouldn't even buy from you. So next example, let's say supposedly you you are from uh, you're trying to sell a product to a different to a person who is of a different religion, and where these both the religions yours and the other person are so so different, so opposite traditionally, that they don't really like each other or don't trust each other. But if you could do business together, you might even actually realize that you're not so different to each other. You want to have trust, you want to have a good business, a good relationship, and you want to be sure that if something happens, you work together to solve the problem. Because that's when business becomes less stressful, more enjoyable, and more successful for both parties. That's the thing. Conflict is not that generates you profits. It's mutual working together, solving a problem, increasing the opportunities for both sides. And that what makes you then a very trusted supplier, advisor, or even client. And that's what you want. The best option of being a diverse supplier or buyer that trusts a diverse supplier or buyer. That's what creates a huge untapped market opportunity in whatever industry you are. So in the next episodes, we're going to look further how marketing in different kinds of perspectives can help. And we'll be looking at investors. How do investors look at all these things? How do we market investors? And what kind of marketing message is going to hurt your business if you are marketing to investors in a total wrong situation or wrong kind of narrative. Stay tuned for the next episode. See you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of The Growth Zone show with Christian Barge. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media, please. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews 
with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website meetchrisbarch.com. I will be adding the link into the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. On my website, you will also find the links to free templates. If you're looking for the books I have published on marketing, innovative technology, and sustainable business strategies, just simply click on publication to find my book list. The world is constantly changing in response to trends and events. As a business leader, you need to bypass the sandbanks that can hurt your performance. For those of you who are signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a few copies of my ultimate guide on content marketing and an ESG-compliant cheat sheet. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years and also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized enterprises and international clients around the world. The link to sign up to our free broadcasting service and the guide is at meetchrisbarch.com. That will give you access to the most recent versions of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me on Twitter by using the Twitter handle capbarch. It's spelled C-A-P-B-A-R-T-S-C-H. Yes, that is C-A-P-Barch, or spelled Charlie Alpha Papa Bravo Alpha Romeo Tango Sierra Charlie Hotel. <laughs> 